Well, good morning, Coastline. It is so great to see you this morning. We are eight, eight years old. Uh, and if this is your first time, maybe you've never met me, my name is John. If you're watching us al- online, a very warm welcome uh, to you. Uh, the birthdays are always very special uh, to me, and leading up to the birthday, uh, it's always this time of uh, reflecting and thinking about the journey that we have been on, the journey that has led us to this super day, eight years old. We've talked in previous years uh, about birthing a church, and when we, when we birth the church, it being like birthing a baby. Uh, and it's almost like you can read all the best books in the, the world in preparation for that, but nothing can really prepare you for that. Just like childbirth, when uh, Coastline was birthed uh, eight years ago, it was just this, this beautiful thing. And I, and I suppose what we've tried to do for eight years is to, to nurture and to, and to love and to care for her, to be healthy and to thrive. During the months before the birth of a child and before the birth of this very church, there was this wonderful mix of emotions going on, right? It was this like dreaming and there was all the preparations and the planning and also the the feeling of like, what are we doing? Uh, And are we even ready to do this? Planting this church was was difficult, was, was painful, and it came with a lot of sacrifice and heartache. But I can remember clearly uh, walking uh, into, into Merrick Hall, which was our first Sunday venue. Uh, and it is a miracle. If you say Merrick Hall quickly, it's miracle. And I remember the summer before we launched into Merrick Hall, and I have never worked so hard in all my life. It was crazy, and it was stressful. And then was the birth of Coastline. And just like with any birth... All of that stress and everything just melted away and there was this joy and delight and excitement. We had actually planted and started a church. All the blood, sweat, tears, prayers, they all paled into insignificance because we saw this beautiful birth of this beautiful baby church. I was looking back over the photos uh, over the years. We have a, a catalogue of video and photos, uh, and I found a picture of our first gathering in Merrick Hall. I believe they're going to bring it up on, on the screen. And that Sunday, we just thought, wow, look at what the Lord has done. Many of you were here. Many of you are in that picture. And I zoomed in, and we all looked much younger and less gray hair. <laughs> but many of you were there. God had put this dream in our hearts, uh, this dream of a vibrant, worshipping, creative, passionate, servant-hearted community of kingdom warriors, and then God like, made it possible. There we were, meeting in Merrick Hall, and it absolutely was a miracle. We saw that dream that God had put in our hearts become a reality, And as I've said many times before, he has held us by the hand ever since, answering prayer after prayer after prayer. He's continued to bring more and more people to us, more salvations, more baptisms, more healings. He's been extravagantly generous to us over and over and over again from the beginning until now. 
Uh, Aid said this a few years ago, but he said that when he looked at his kids, and, and I felt like this as well, when I think about my, my children, uh, as I've watched them, as I've watched them grow, as I've watched them develop, as I've watched them mature, as I've watched them explore and discover and fall and pick themselves back up again and press on, as I've seen them become little people bursting with energy and personality, I'm just so proud of my kids And just like I feel about my kids, and I know Aid did about his, because of course, if you remember, Aid and them were pregnant when we birthed the church, uh, our conviction has been that this is how God feels about us, his children, his church, this church, Coastline Vineyard, I know church, he is so proud of you. Ever since he spoke to us uh, a long time ago and asked us to lead this church and to grow this church. It's been a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch this this baby become a toddler and now become eight years old. The Lord has had his eyes on us. He has watched over us. He's blessed us. He's provided for us over and over again. He's picked us up when we have fallen. He's got us back onto track if we've taken a slight wrong turn. And he has loved us, and he has led us, and he is so proud of us, and who we're becoming, and the impact that we're having in our town. Yeah. So here we are, eight years on, and this baby church that we planted just a few years ago has grown up quick. In reflecting and thinking back, even just over this last year, I feel a tremendous pride and joy and thankfulness when I think about you, this precious Coastline Vineyard Church family. It has been another just incredible year of seeing people come to faith, of meeting Jesus, as I said, of getting baptized, of being discipled, people encountering God. Some for the very first time, through our love and, and, our, and our pursuit of the king and the kingdom, things are changing. We're seeing seeds of the beginning of transformation and change in our town through this church. I know, even in this last year, this church family have prayed for hundreds of people Hundreds of people, I know, I hear the stories all the time, hundreds of people where the church is stepping out to live the kingdom life, laying on of hands and the Holy Spirit coming and changing people's hearts. We've had people over this last year come to this church, as many of you have today, from across the region, not just Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul, and people are still continuing to tune in, sometimes like over 400 views a week. Who are these people who are watching and tuning in? I don't know. I don't know who they are, but God bless you. Keep watching because the gospel is getting out across the world through the online content. Yeah, you can clap that. Bless you. There are so many incredible stories of what the Lord has been doing across this church family just even in this last year. And of course, we don't have time to share all of them with you. In fact, we do endeavor, uh, you know, as much as we possibly can do to share the incredible things that the Lord is doing. But 
Today we have asked uh, a bunch of wonderful coastliners to come and share a little bit of their story uh, with us, to hear something from people that are within this church family, to hear something that they love about coastline and how God has been moving in their lives. And as they come up and as they share these stories with us, I'm hoping all of us would have this, this renewed hope and joy and gratitude, really, for all that the Lord has done. Coastline Vineyard. Gosh, if I can get emotional. Thank you, friends, for continuing to show me Jesus continuing to show me what it means to live an authentic kingdom life. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so grateful that I get to walk this kingdom life out with you. Before I invite each of, uh, each of our testimonies up, I just want to remind us that stories are really sacred, and they're really profound, and they're really important. And sometimes when we share our story, it's really scary. And we can get quite emotional, right? And then that is only exacerbated by handing us a mic and having to share it in front of 400 people. So every story that's going to come up and share, it's an act of bravery. And I know that you know that we're all on the same team here. We're all in the same family. But we want to show that. We want to show that we are for each of these people. We want to show how much we love and care for them. We want to show how proud we are of each of them for taking this step of bravery to share their story. So as I invite each of them up, I want you to give them a cheer. I want you to listen well. I want you to to show how much you love them, right? We can do that, right? Of course we can. So first up, uh, I want to invite Cleo. Give her a round of applause. I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Wow, this is really scary. Okay, sorry. Um, I've written the whole thing down so that I don't... I'm an R. There we go. Hello. Um, okay. Go. Um, I was born again six years ago this month. God had started to reveal himself to me, an atheist, three and a half years prior. He was pursuing me and I was pursuing him until finally I asked him to humble me. And he revealed to me that he was who I could have never imagined him to be. Jesus himself was God. After that, my life went up in flames. I thought my life was light, but once God moved in and the light came on, I realized it was full of darkness. Everything I thought was good was exposed, and all the relationships I thought were healthy were revealed to be harmful. To be honest with you, those first five years mainly felt like hell on earth. God was in it, and his presence was the highlight and my lifeline, but my dominant memories of that time are filled with my daily pleas to God to take me out of this world. I was severely depressed, my trust was broken, and deep in my heart I believed that it was impossible to love me. For the first few years, every time the, Holy Spirit would see, every time the Holy Spirit fell, you would see me crying on the floor somewhere with my heart saying over and over, I just can't believe I'm loved. Jesus pursued me, proving to me that he loved me unconditionally even when no one else could. I started to come into Coastline last summer. I felt so broken. I'd just walked through my worst season yet and I'd lost all hope in people. 
Circumstances in my life seemed to constantly prove that it was true, that it was impossible to love me. Then I went to David's tent, and God told me that I needed his body. Through tears, I said yes, I was willing to trust again. Life groups started up, and suddenly I had a community of people who cared for me. I walked into church, and people said, hey, some even remembered my name. I was no longer, oh, sorry. I felt valued and seen. I was no longer looking at the church as them, but as us. I realized that the church would never be perfect if I was seeing it as them, because the church is Christ's body, and his body is not complete without me. I was no longer coming in as a victim, needing other people to be perfect for me, despite how broken I felt. I was coming in as someone who had something to give. People didn't see me as broken. Most weeks, as soon as I stepped in the building, I'd be filled with joy. And if not, then by the time we started worshipping, I started to feel like I was coming back to life, like I was safe to be my weird and colourful self, and like I was becoming more me than I'd ever been. Last weekend at Women's Weekend Away, I was... Oh, silent. Um, I was so overwhelmed by seeing the way that people saw me as bold, fearless, creative, talented, funny, and full of God. On the inside, I'd still been feeling isolated, invisible, and unlovable. I felt that because no one knew what I'd been through, they didn't really know me, and so they could never really love me, and no one really ever would. On the last morning of the weekend, God sent his word and healed me. He corrected my thinking. He said, it's not true that no one knows you. They do know you. All the positive things they see in you, they're seeing you how I see you, and I know you. It's you who doesn't know you. It turns out that I'm not what I've been through, and the fact that no one would be able to look at me and know my story is not evidence that no one knows me. It's evidence that God has made all things new. That was amazing. Um, thanks, Cleo. Thanks for sharing that. Well, next up we have Sarah. So you want to give her a round of applause as she comes up? Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> Another Sarah. I'll start at the beginning. God continuously pursued me in love for 40 years whilst I was living an LGBTQ lifestyle and relationships. I had walked away from Christianity and then resisted a relationship with him because I was told God hated me. I was unlovable, I was dirty. There was no hope for me, and there was no hope for others like me. I began to believe I was born this way, and that was how it was going to stay. Then, in December 2018, I almost died in hospital with an infected gallbladder, which, unbeknownst to the doctors, had started to perforate. This was a wake-up call. 
Whilst I was recuperating at home, I seriously began to question where I would have gone if I had died, and that scared me. In January of 2019, I recommitted my life to Jesus, and I surrendered myself, and I surrendered my sexuality to him. He, in return, showed me nothing but love. And gently began to show me what it meant to be as a daughter of the living God and to walk in purity. I realized the self-rejection I had carried all of my life was not what he had wanted for me. He also reignited my passion for painting. And this is the painting that I did, and that is my walk with him. I joined Coastline over two years ago and have been blessed with a wonderful church family. I have formed new friendships and I've also been reunited reunited with old friends from 27 years ago. My life has completely turned around. And the change has been dramatic and very public. I gave God a mountain with the faith of a mustard seed, and he moved it. I have been met with nothing but love by the Coastline family, and also been encouraged to fulfill my calling to reach out in love to the LGBTQ community. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is for you, not against you. Amen. Amen. Well, next up we have Keith. I don't know where he's at. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Thank you very much, um, as I'm Keith. Um, yeah, I'd start from the beginning as well. I mean, I was asked to put a testimony in a little booklet thing that's going to come out, but I'll just give you a little bit brief kind of thing of that, is that I had loads of anger with me when I was a child, you know, when I was growing up, and it, I was even expelled from nursery. I mean, how many people get... <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it gets. And, you know, and then eight years old, caved a man's head in with a, with a brick. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the guy was critically in a bad way. And the guy who said to my dad at the time, he said, your child needs some help. You know what I mean? I really need some help. And I just had that anger. Anyone look at me wrong, I'd hit them. I'd just run over and smack them in the mouth. And all that was there till I was about 12 and um, then I kind of started going along to this this church and saw these people and um, just cutting a long story short and um, there I found a 
different sort of people. I saw something different in these people. I thought, hang on, there's something different about these guys. Started asking questions about Jesus and that. And I come from a kind of a Catholic background. So I knew about God and everything else, but I didn't know anything about this personal relationship you could have with him, that you could have a direct thing with him and actually talk to him. I thought I had to go through a priest or whatever to get to God. And um, the moment someone said, you don't need to go through someone to get to Jesus, was the moment the light bulb went on and I went, hang on. Yeah, thank you. And I went home and I got on my knees, asked Jesus my life. And when I got up the next morning, my mum went, you all right? I went, yeah, I've asked Jesus in my life last night, you know. And I just went, from that moment on, God put something in me. And I, was, I went to school and I was due to fight someone that day. I said, I can't fight them. I said, because I've become a Christian. And, like, and I started getting friends because I wasn't scary anymore. I wasn't going to punch them. So I started getting friends and I thought, wow, Jesus is doing something really quite amazing here. And... But that desire of just telling people my story, because I couldn't read or write very well, wasn't really good at all that, but I just told people my story, and people knew me anyway, kind of knew what I was like. And I just kept on with that. And I've just seen loads and loads of people just come into Jesus through just telling them the story about him, and then I learned more about the Bible and helping people. I've seen people healed and everything. And it's such an exciting thing. When you come to know Jesus, what he does in your heart, he changes it, he transforms you. And it is so true. And it's, it's amazing. And so if anyone's not a Christian today, please consider it. He's amazing. Um, but coming here was a big turnaround as well for me. We went through COVID and I was driving around with my van. I'm a roofer. So I was still telling people about Jesus because there was a lot of fear out there. People were fearful. They were like open the door slightly and stuff like that. It was, it was horrible to see people in so much fear. But we... As Christians had that hope, we could go around and go, you don't have to live in that fear. There's, there's, there's a massive God up there. And um, so you ha- I had opportunities to tell people and, and pray for people and all sorts during that time. But everything was shut. All the churches were shut. It was a really strange time for everyone. And so I was kind of trying to work out, you know, me and my wife were trying to work out where to go and stuff like that. We've always said, we always go to a church right by us. It's just a walk away or not far. And um, some friends of ours gave us a prophetic word about there's a time to plant and a time to uproot. And that kind of resonated with us. And we, we come along here, because they were coming along here as well, actually. And I come to the first service, and I forget the worship starting and everything. The Holy Spirit hit me in such a way, tears were coming down my face. And I just went, this is home. This is, this is the place. This is it. And started bringing people. As, you, as I said, I just can't help myself. I've got to get people into the. So I started bringing people. And you'd get comments like, Keith took me to that church. It was like going to a Coldplay concert, you know. <laughs> so to see, you're a good band up here, too. Um, but, you know, and people have got saved in this very room. I've seen people just come forward when it comes to the prayer time. I haven't prompted it. I've not gone up to them and go, do you want to go forward? You know, no. The Holy Spirit is so powerful in this place. It is incredible. It's tangible, isn't it? Do you, you know, do you know what I mean? I don't know about you. Applaud, it's fine, yeah. It's, it's so true, isn't it? And it's such an exciting place. And I just want to say, everyone who's come here has always felt welcomed and loved. 
even though you're such a big church, everyone's had time for everyone that I've brought here. And I just want to thank you as a church that you're amazing. Thanks, Keith. Yeah, Keith, Keith has a, a really incredible evangelistic gifting. So we're, it's, it's always such a joy because he always brings people in. And, you know, it's, it's just really beautiful to, to see and a blessing. Last but not least, uh, let's welcome up Rachel. a few of you know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> We've been part of Coastline since its beginnings, and it's always been a blessing to us as a family, no more so than these last few months. As many of you will know, our eldest daughter Jasmine and her husband Shimon found out they were expecting their first baby in late November last year. Jasmine has polycystic ovary syndrome, and so we were all absolutely delighted that this had happened for them. Everything seemed to be going well until one Saturday afternoon, I noticed that Jasmine looked swollen. That evening, she was diagnosed with preeclampsia. She was only 24 weeks pregnant. I asked the health professionals if she would make it to term, and they said that they would be very surprised. It was very early to get this condition. My beautiful daughter and Shimon were facing the scariest time of their lives. Jasmine's blood pressure was rising, and scans at Southampton Hospital confirmed that the baby boy's blood supply was restricted significantly. I have never been more scared in my life. I have never prayed so hard in my life either. I remember ringing some of you who attend Coastline in some of my most desperate moments, asking for you to pray with me. I remember messages being forwarded to me from the prayer team and my home group, and finding it so comforting. Things were more serious than we realised, and 14 days after diagnosis, Jasmine and Shimon were told that their baby was compromised and needed to be born via cesarean section. She was only 25 and five days pregnant, 25 weeks and five days pregnant. My husband managed to get Shimon and then me to Southampton Hospital that night so that we could be together. Jasmine had been taken to theatre already and put under anaesthetic when I arrived, and so we just had to sit in a room and wait. Joe and I prayed with Shimon, but I'd be lying if I said we didn't feel frightened. Desperately frightened. A midwife came through the door and told us quietly that the baby had been born and that he was very small. He weighed a tiny 500 grams. One pound one, half a bag of sugar. He was the size of a 22-week-old baby. They say that his um, growth started to stop at about 20 weeks. The consultant came through and brought this tiny little baby in an incubator to show us. And it didn't seem real. I was so frightened. I'd never seen a baby so small in my life. And he was quickly taken up to intensive care. Jasmine eventually came through from recovery and we were able to be with her. I remember the consultant telling us when he came in with this beautiful baby that he was born breathing on his own before being ventilated. I don't think I realised how important that was at that moment. Jasmine didn't know this, and when she came round, she started to tell me how in theatre, 
before they put her to sleep, that she'd started praying out loud. Jesus, I pray for your breath, your breath in his lungs, your breath, Jesus. I was able to tell my beautiful girl that Jesus has indeed answered her prayer and that he was born breathing. Jasmine and Shimon named their beautiful boy Zaya. The next few days were really scary. He was just so small and we didn't know what would happen. I remember a nurse saying that she was happy to give me statistics if I wanted them, but I said no. I tried with all that was within me to trust God. Again, during this time, I was able to message and call some of you with specific prayer. I came to church on the Sunday after he was born, and so many of you held me whilst I cried. You prayed with me and you loved me. I felt so carried. Our whole family did. I know that Jasmine and Shimon certainly did. God kept that beautiful little Zaya safe in his hands. He spent seven weeks in intensive care in Southampton's special unit and was then transferred to poor neonatal intensive care. He spent a total of 124 days in hospital before being sent home four weeks ago. As the doctor said to them, he is exceeding all of our expectations, left, right and centre. He is now eight pounds and has come home without the need for any oxygen. He's breastfeeding, which is a miracle in itself, and he's thriving. God is indeed a God of miracles. This church has held our family in their prayers. Some of you have taken numerous meals over to Jasmine and Shimon since they've been home. Some of you have never failed to message and ask how things are. Some of you have knitted for Zaya. Some of you have brought gifts. I will be forever grateful for this church and the wonderful people in it. But above everything, I want to give all the glory to God for keeping beautiful Zaya alive and for being so faithful. Thank you. That's such a picture of family isn't it? That's all these stories. They're such beautiful pictures of different people with different backgrounds and, 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 you know, different nationality. We're all so diverse. And yet God has called each of us to make our home here. And he's called each of us to love one another as brothers and sisters. And because of that, because you've all chosen to say yes to this family, incredible, beautiful things are happening.